0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August twenty third, two thousand seventeen. I'm Caleb Brown. The president has laid out some of his plans for the war in Afghanistan. And in doing so, he suggests the United States should not engage in nation building. But nation building appears to be baked into his plans. The Cato Institute's Trevor Thrall and Eric Gopner comment.
1: I think. The two big takeaways is one, uh, much of what he's recommending is a recycling or a rehashing of pre-existing policies. He seems to be opting for a military-centric kill the terrorist approach, and that's been tried. Um, and people such as General McChrystal have uh, expressed that that's a wanting strategy. So here you have a special operator in the form of General McChrystal, who back in 2009 uh, indicated that we have to be very careful about how we target terrorists with lethal force uh, lest we create more terrorists and we're taking off the battlefield
2: i think a second important thing from the speech is just how difficult it is for the president at this point to change course on U.S. foreign policy. Remember, Trump is a guy who criticized the mission in Afghanistan for years. Stop nation building in Afghanistan. We never win. We're losing in Afghanistan. And then last night, he basically admitted, well, you know, I said all these things, but then I changed my mind um, after I really looked at it. And you know, on the one hand, you hope your president has the guts to change his mind if he's wrong about something. But what's sort of disturbing is that for once Trump was actually right about Afghanistan; we should be getting out. And instead, what does he go do? He uh, folds, uh, and you know, says, "Okay, I'll go along with." you know, the more of the same strategy being peddled by his national security advisor and his secretary of defense. And so, you know, for me, that that was it, it wasn't surprising, but it was an important takeaway.
0: How does the United States stay in Afghanistan? Um, again, this is a very a fairly small uh, increase in troop levels in Afghanistan. How does one stay in that country without inevitably falling into nation building?
2: Yeah, you know, Trump said last night, we aren't in the nation-building business anymore and then he went ahead and described all the things we're going to do to help the Afghan government get better, train their troops better, give them economic aid so they can be a better partner to us in the fight against terrorists. He basically said, we're not going to nation-build and then he said, yeah, we're going to nation-build. I mean there's, there's literally no way around the conclusion that the US has basically just signed on to permanent war in Afghanistan and a permanent side-helping of nation-building.
1: And Donald Trump uh, presented himself with quite a paradox where he indicated that one of his conclusions is we will not end the conflict in Afghanistan until we have an honorable conclusion, suggesting uh, 10 times I believe that we're going to win, we're going to win quickly, we're going to achieve victory. And at the end of US combat operations, an Afghan government and an Afghan led security force are going to have to govern uh, that country. And over 16 years, there is absolutely no indication in terms of government corruption, government capability, security force capability, that all of the Herculean U.S. efforts in Afghanistan have done much of anything to improve Afghan governance or Afghan combat capability. And that's not a reflection of the United States. That's a reflection of Afghans.
0: What does President Trump want from India? The way he presented India's role and India's relationship with the United States, it seemed like India's getting all this great stuff from us with trade, and therefore they need to be doing things for us in Afghanistan. That that strikes me as problematic. Maybe I should be talking to trade people about that. But that is sort of a, a, a weird tactic to use.
2: Yeah, this is – I think the India card is the card that the Obama administration and the Bush administration did not play against Pakistan up before this point. Uh, But in order to encourage Pakistan to behave in line with US interests in Afghanistan and on the border of Pakistan, Afghanistan – Trump's decided it's time to play the India card because the only thing India Pakistan's worried about more than you know their borders or the U.S. is uh, India, and so you know this is basically telling Pakistan, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna stop funding you, and we're gonna start playing with India unless you play ball.
0: So, what has been the relationship with uh, Pakistan from the United States perspective with respect to Afghanistan? I know that they effectively have been a fairly unreliable partner. Um, the United States uh being viewed as someone participating in activities in Afghanistan is viewed as uh, askance and um well what what's their role been?
1: The role of Afghanistan appears to have ebbed and flowed over the last decade and a half. If you look back at the Bush administration, there were times um, where they exerted tremendous pressure on Pakistan to deny terrorists, safe havens to deny the Taliban. Uh, refuge in their country. And then alternately, a few years later, you'd see the Bush administration praising uh, Pakistan for their incredible efforts in the war on terror and I think you saw something similar during the Obama administration. So you have an enduring uh, problem in Pakistan and we just sort of characterize it or respond to it differently depending on uh, the timing. And I would tell you from having been in Afghanistan, the number one applause line you could get from both the Afghan government and the Afghan villagers was to point in the direction of Pakistan and blame them for all the problems that were ongoing in Afghanistan. So that's definitely a perspective of the Afghan on the ground.
0: Well, to what extent did President Trump deal with Pakistan? What To what extent did he present Pakistan as this unreliable partner?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he called a spade a spade here. And he, he, he said very rightly that Pakistan's been a terrible partner. In reality, I mean, it's it's not that they haven't done anything for the U.S. They have, Uh, but at at the same time, as he pointed out, they've been also helping the Taliban and and doing all sorts of other things that are actually exactly contrary to what America is trying to do in Afghanistan. And this over the last ten years, I don't think there's been a single year that the United States hasn't given Pakistan at least one billion. Uh, dollars if not you know maybe as high as three billion dollars a year in military aid um, you know we're talking about munitions uh, aircraft all sorts of stuff I mean Congress did block the sale of f-16s recently but I mean we're, we're giving them all sorts of goodies um, but you know, for what? Right? For imperfect uh, partnership. And I think I think it's it. You know, the one thing I actually kind of agreed with in his speech was, hey, let's turn off the tap um, and see what Afghanistan's got. I mean, they probably aren't going to be a worse partner. That's for sure.
0: All right. So, what is the plan, uh, as as you understand it? Detail what is he laying out?
1: I think he's being purposefully ambiguous. One, it plays to his uh, sort of a John Wayne esque. I'm going to do tough things and I'm not going to tell you ahead of time what tough things I'm going to do. And It also creates a safe political space for him. He can deny that he was going to do it or not do it because he hasn't told you beforehand or really showed his hand on what he's going to do. I think the expectation is there will be a modest force increase of US forces over the last couple of months. You've heard uh, between three to 5,000 forces being added to the 8,000 that are currently there. And he seemed very clear last night that he's going to focus on a kinetic, military-centric approach to dealing with the terror problem. He's not going to worry about Afghan governance. He's not going to worry about Afghan development. He's looking to kill or capture terrorists, is what it appears will be the main focus of his strategy.
0: What does it matter that the president is going out there and boldly saying, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do? Uh, you know, or what are are there benefits to being very public with specific war plans?
1: When I hear the president talk, it reminds me a little bit of um, the high school schoolyard, where something like that works in a bully situation. It works when you're younger. I don't know that it communicates well uh, across nation states or across non-state actors. If he's trying to send a message to the Taliban that the United States is serious, I don't know that he has sent that message. I think what he said last night, in addition to the number of things he said, whether it's foreign policy or other items, and then he reverses course, I think leaves um, an unbiased observer with the idea that he may very well tack and take a completely different course next week, next month, something like that. So I don't think the Taliban has received a message of the United States is now going to amplify what it's already been doing for 16 years uh, to some new level.
0: Could you spell out what you think the speech should have been last night?
2: Oh, I, I think the speech should have been 180 degrees different from that. I think he, he also, I think, tried to leave himself a little wiggle room last night by pointing out that his first instinct to, was to withdraw. And I, I think, you know, if things really, for whatever reason, were to go super south, uh, he would point back to that and say, I told you so, and try to wiggle out of it. Uh, unsuccessfully, but he would try. What he should have said is, he, should, he could have said all the front part about sacrifice and togetherness and kumbaya and then what he should have said is after a thorough review of the situation in Afghanistan and in full mindfulness of the sacrifices and the expenses that have gotten us to this part where we're all frustrated, it's time to acknowledge the United States has done everything it can in Afghanistan it's time to leave. And he should have said we're going to leave but we're not going to stop monitoring for potential danger and if anything creeps up again. We'll come deal with it. But all we're doing is creating more mess at greater expense and at the cost of more American lives, you know, not to mention all the other people that we're killing while we're there. That's what he should have said.
0: Trevor Thrall is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and Eric Gopner is a visiting scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at
2: Cato Podcast.